It is two days from Christmas. Now, I don't know how many of you are have gotten all your shopping done, that you're all ready for Christmas. I think tomorrow is the biggest day of the year for men to shop. And so uh, I'm going to be out there battling the crowds with the rest of you guys. But one thing that we, we say this every year, I think I said it last week, as we are moving in to Christmas, one thing that and I think every pastor says this is let's make sure that we don't get so caught up in all the stuff of Christmas that we miss out on the reason why we are celebrating Christmas. Now, I know we've heard that before, but you hear it all the time because it is absolutely true. I mean, this time of year is tremendously busy. Uh, I don't know what it's like necessarily in your family, but I know that some of the things that, that we want to do in our families, we want to make sure that everybody has a gift. We want to make sure that we have uh, enough food for everybody to eat. We want to make, when I say we, I know it's Emily. Uh, so uh, that Emily wants to make sure that, uh, that everybody's going to have a great time. I got up this morning at, at 3 o'clock, and uh, no, nobody was, uh, the, the light was on downstairs, and I went downstairs. Emily's mopping the floor. Like, what in the world is this all about? Uh, you know, you need to start doing that earlier in the day like you were supposed to. But it's just, you know, it's just really, it's really strange. Uh, so she's, she's trying to get everything ready because Christmas is coming and we're getting ready to go out of town and all those different things. So you're the same way. And we all, we all do this, the same kinds of things. And, and that happened also on the very first Christmas. And God wanted to ensure that his people are ready to celebrate Christmas. And not the, you know, not the trappings of Christmas, but to celebrate the birth of Jesus. And so today in our passage of Scripture, we're going to kind of move out of the birth scene. And now we are going to a guy named John the Baptist. And if y'all, have y'all heard of John the Baptist, right? And there's a guy in our church, his name is Sean, and we call him Sean the Baptist. But John the Baptist is in the book of Luke. And John the Baptist, his role was that God said that he wanted John to be the one who would come and give a message to start preparing people for the coming of the Messiah. He wanted everybody to be ready to receive his son. And the same thing is true today. God wants us to be ready to receive the Messiah. He wants us to be ready to know the Savior and not miss out on him as he comes our way. And so that's why we're going to be looking today in the book of Luke. And in, in Luke, what we discover is it, is it had been prophesied about that there would be what they call the forerunner of the Christ. There would be one who would come who would announce that the Messiah was going to be coming. This was actually prophesied about over 400 years before this man named John was born. Uh, we are told in Malachi, it's in the Old Testament, Malachi 3.1, it says, See, I will send my messenger who will prepare the way before me. Then suddenly the Lord you are seeking will come to his temple, the messenger of the covenant, whom you desire will come, says the Lord Almighty. So then John shows up. Now, during John's days, the people, the Jewish people, they were not, they were not really all that good in general of being obedient to God. Uh, they were not yet ready to receive the Messiah. They were not ready for the return of Jesus or for the coming of Jesus. And so that's why John came in order to prepare people. And so he began his ministry in, in southern Israel in the desert area. And he'd go around and he would preach about the coming of the Messiah. 
And he was trying to get people to get ready, to get their house in order before, before the Messiah showed up. Now, I, I think as we are moving into Christmas, we're trying to do the same thing. We're trying to get our house in order before Christmas shows up. Now, we're trying to do it for a lot of different reasons, but how do we get our, our house in order, our spiritual house in order, so that we are ready for this Christmas? Well, let's just take a look at a few things. If, if you're going to get your house in order, it begins with this. First of all, you have to, you have to plan ahead. If you're going to get your house in order, one thing you want to do is you want to plan ahead. And in, in verse number, uh, let's see, verse number two of our text, it says, During the high priesthood of Annas and Caiaphas, God's word came to John, the son of Zechariah, in the wilderness. Now, I'll explain this in, in just a little bit, but one of, the, one of the keys to anything in life and being successful is to have a plan. I've not seen too many things work out well for me in my life where I've done just a great job, but I just really wasn't planning on it happening. I heard about a famous surgeon. He said, if I only had four minutes to perform a life-saving operation on a patient, he said, I would set aside one minute to plan for what I was going to do for the next three minutes. Now, whenever we talk about getting our, our house in order, whenever we talk about being ready for the Messiah in our own lives, for Jesus to do a work in our lives, I really believe that there is some planning that needs to be involved. Now, we know this from Christmas. I mean, if you're going to have a successful, what you would call a successful family Christmas, you have to be ready for it. You know, if you have like 30 people showing up at your house and yet you haven't made any, anything for them to eat, it's probably going to be a tough Christmas, right? It's not going to, it's not, you're, everybody's going to have to plan on just going out to eat. Uh, if you have 30 people coming to your house and they're all spending the night, but you've only got three bedrooms, that's, that's going to be tough, isn't it? And so what you want to do to avoid those situations is you want to plan ahead. And I really believe one of the great dangers that, we, that causes us to miss out on great opportunities, we don't get ready for them. If you want to have an encounter with Jesus, if I want to have an encounter with Jesus, you know, I have a responsibility. My responsibility is I, I need to be ready for that. I need to get ready to receive him, to expect that he is going to come and he's going to move in my life and then it's going to make a difference in my life. I think where a lot of us get into troubles, we want God to do something, but we're not willing to prepare or plan or even to look in his direction. We just want it to sort of pop up out of thin air. Well, that's why John came. John came in order to prepare the hearts of people to receive the Messiah. And the key phrase in our, in our text today, and in verse number 2 in particular, is it says, God's word came to John. And this, this is an important, an important part here because it lets us know that that John was, he was more than just a guy who was wandering around preaching. He was an actual prophet. He re received a revelation from God to share with the people to get them ready for Jesus. He received a word, the Messiah is coming, and he went around preaching this message. Now, it's, it's interesting because the Jewish people had been hearing about the coming Messiah for hundreds and hundreds of years. And then John shows up and says, he's getting ready to show up. And they had to be thinking, why now? 
You know, why would you expect us to believe what you say? He hasn't come in all of this time. Why should we listen to you? And John was like, well, because I am the guy who is the forerunner of the Messiah. I was prophesied about over 400 years before, and when I give this message, then it means you need to be prepared to receive the Messiah when he shows up. He was giving a message of hope and joy to the people, saying the King of Kings is coming. Guys, we need to understand it's going to happen again. Jesus came the first time with his birth. And we need to be prepared to receive that message and to understand that God loves us so much that he sent his son into our world that we might know him. But we also need to understand that he's going to come back again. And when he comes back the second time, he is coming for his people. And he's going to gather them up and take them to be with him in heaven. Now the question is, are you ready for that? Are you prepared? You see, if we're going to be ready for Christmas, then there has to be some planning on our part. We have to plan ahead and look forward to his coming, to understand that he's already come and he's coming again. But then here's another way that we can get our house in order for Christmas. If you're going to get ready for Christmas, be prepared. Well, you have to plan ahead, but then you also begin to clean house. You begin to clean up your house. Now look with me in um, verse number 3. If I can find it, because I can't see anymore. It's driving me crazy. Here it is. It says, he went into all the vicinity of the Jordan, preaching a baptism of repentance. Now, this is John the Baptist's ministry for the forgiveness of sins. As it is written in the book of the words of the prophet Isaiah, this is 700 years before, it says, a voice of one crying out in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord. Make his path straight. Every valley will be filled and every mountain and hill will be made low. The crooked will become straight, the, the rough ways smooth, and everyone will see the salvation of God. Now, if you're going to plan ahead, there is another step that ought to come. If you make plans, then the next step is then you follow through on your plans. You, know, you make plans and then you execute the plans. Now, I think it's, it can be easy to make plans. Where it becomes difficult is to actually put those plans into action. Now, let me ask you all this. How many of you all this past Thanksgiving ate, just ate a little bit too much over Thanksgiving? Did any of you all eat too much on Thanksgiving? Okay, now, I'm gonna, now we're going to plan ahead here. How many of you all are planning ahead to eat too much over Christmas? Okay. Yeah, okay, then now here's the next one. Okay, now after that, how many of you are planning to make New Year's resolutions saying this year I'm going to eat less and exercise more? Are you all going to do that? Okay, most of us are liars because we all do this. So that means about 90% of people make that resolution and about 3% keep it every year. It's one of my favorite things. Actually, it's not, but I go to the Y and I will go up there and I will look, and right after New Year's, y'all, it is jam-packed with people. And so I have, a certain, I have a certain machine that I like to get on, and there's always somebody on it, some of these new people, that God bless them, I love them. And so I go in there, and I, and I sit there, and I go, so I'm frustrated. I was like, that's right, just give it two weeks. And then two weeks, it's all cleared up, and everything's good to go again. All right, so we make, these, we make these promises, 
we plan ahead. But, but you know why it's so difficult to keep those resolutions? It takes effort. You know, it takes, it takes work. It takes, it takes some discipline. Now, now, John the Baptist, he was preaching the Messiah is coming soon. He said, I want you to be prepared for whenever Jesus shows up. And he said, now, when he comes, I want you to recognize who he is so that you can place your faith in him, so that you can trust him. But in order for them to be prepared for the Messiah, something had to happen. The house, the, the house had to be clean. Now, I'm not talking about your, you know, your personal house. I'm talking about your spiritual, your spiritual being, the, the, the who you are. You have to be cleaned in order to receive the Messiah. Now, this was a strange message for the people of Israel at this time because here's what they thought. They thought when the Messiah came, he was going to be a military guy. You remember, they were, they were under occupation. They were being occupied by the Roman government, by Roman troops. And so they thought when the Messiah came, he was going to come in. He was going to lead a bunch of religious zealots as an army, and they were going to throw out the Romans, and they're going to set up their own kingdom. So the people are, some, I'm sure some of the people were excited about John's message. The Messiah's coming, but then John throws them off and says, hey, don't go get weapons. He said, you need to do a little bit of introspection and look at yourself and begin to look at the sin in your life so that God can deal with your sin. You know, that's a, that's a good message for us. You say, if we want to be prepared to meet Jesus, we can plan all we want, but there comes a time when we have to begin the process of getting clean, cleaning up our hearts. Now, 1 Corinthians 3.16 says, Don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple and that God's Spirit lives in you? And you say, well, how can I get my house clean enough to where God will come and live within my life. How does that happen? Is it even possible? Well, John the Baptist shared what our role is in this regard. He said, we are called to repent. We are to repent of our sins. That word repent, there's two different meanings of repent in the New Testament. One means to have a change of mind. A change of mind, a change of, a change of action. Another word for repent, it means to have a regret of sin. And so whenever we repent, it means we turn away from the way that is sinful and say, I am, I am turning my back on that, and now I am going to go in the direction of Jesus. Now, the people in our text at the time, they, were, they just weren't living godly lives. They put value on, on themselves instead of the things of God, and they didn't want anybody else telling them how to live. And so John said, listen, if you're going to be prepared for the Messiah to come, recognize your condition. You're dirty. You have sin in your life. You have things that go against God's teachings, and those things must be cleaned up. So you can look at that and say, well, then, then how does that happen? How does the dirtiness in my life get removed? And if I just leave it there, does it mean that, that God's not going to work in my life? You know, I try to picture it like this. Let's say you go to a hotel room, and you're going to spend the night, and you walk into the hotel room, and as soon as you open the door, you notice there's dirt all over the floor. The, the bed sheets are pulled back, and you see crumbs on the sheets. You go in the bathroom, the towels are still wet. Ugh. I mean, if, you, if, you, if that was you and you walked in there, are, are you going to stay in a room like that? Absolutely not. You say, I, I am not staying in here until this place gets cleaned up or you get me a different room. No way I'm staying in a place like that. 
Okay, then I, I, I look at that and I think, did you, I think God's the same way. He comes in our life and, and he sees the dirt and the grime. I'm not going to live here until this gets cleaned up. Now, here's the good news. You don't clean it up. He does. 1 John 1, 9 says, this is our role, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Our job is to confess. His job is to clean. And when that happens, then he can move in and change your life. So, so how do I get prepared? How do I get prepared for Christmas? Get my house in order. Well, I have to plan ahead, get ready for him. I have to clean house, repent of my sin. And the final thing is real simple. Be of good cheer. En- enjoy Christmas. Enjoy what it means. Now, look with me in the final verse. I, I, I flipped it on over to, to verse number to verse number 18. It says, And then, along with many other exhortations, John proclaimed good news to the people. You know, Christmas is supposed to be a time of, you know, it's, it's love and giving, celebrating. But what happens to a lot of us is we get really, we get really caught up in the rush of Christmas. You know, making sure, you know, making sure your house is in order, making sure you have the right decorations up, making sure that you have the right gifts, making sure no one is going to get left out. I know that there was a time in our family whenever we, we started putting names in a hat and we would draw out names because there's just too many people for us to buy gifts for everybody. And so what we want to do is we want to make sure that everybody was going to receive a gift, make sure that no one was going to be left out. And so you can get so caught up in those things and, and busy in those things that actually it can actually impact your attitude. Have you, have you ever known people during Christmas where it's just not very celebratory, where it's just a burden, that, that it's a chore? And so what happens is we miss out on the beauty of the message of Christmas because we've gotten caught up in all of the, all of the, the peripheral things of Christmas. And so we get stressed out and we forget what we're celebrating. Now, I look at John. I see whenever you read about John, you see John preached a very tough message. He told people, if, if you want to see the kingdom of God, you must repent of your sins. And, and that word repent, again, it, it may, it's, it's making a 180. Now, think about how hard that is to do. I've been living this way all of my life, but now I'm going to stop doing that. And I'm going to go in a different direction. John is telling me that I am to confess my sins. Now, now does the Bible tell us to do these things because he wants us to be miserable? You know, whenever, whenever we are told that we are to confess our sins, are we supposed to confess so that, we're, so that we'll remember just how terrible we are as people? You know, whenever we talk about turning away from the way that, we, that we've been living, are, are we supposed to do those things so that we can recognize that now that I'm turning away, that I'm never going to have fun in my life again? No, that's, that's, not why, that's not why we are called to do those things. John called us to repentance because whenever we repent, whenever we confess our sins, what we are doing, we are laying it all on the table so that God can deal with it and clean it off. We are bringing it up one last time so that God can eradicate it from our lives. Remember that verse number 18, it says, John came and he was preaching good news. Not preaching bad news. He was preaching redemption. He was preaching the Messiah has come 
to change your life, to give you hope, not to give you a bunch of rules and regulations, because whenever that's where our focus is, y'all, we miss out on the joyful experience of Christ. Now, there's some tough things about it, but it leads to good things. Let me try to give you an example. It was a number of years ago, and my sister, who will be in the second service today, she was she had a she had a son, a little boy, and they were getting ready to do a cookout, and she got some hamburger meat from the freezer, and she was going to she was going to separate it for the cookout, so she she couldn't get them apart, and so she got a knife out, and it was separating the two burgers from each other, and and she she did a good job of it. It went all the way through the burgers, and then right through her hand. Now she said uh, she said it was really painful, shockingly. And uh, so she had to have surgery. She says the worst surgery she's ever had. She said it hurt. You know, she'd had some nerve damage there. They did the surgery. What well, was funny is the doctor, when he came in, she has a knife in her hand, and he said, uh, oh, were you separating hamburgers? And he's like, how did you know that? She, he said, I see several women every year that come in with a knife through their hand. So anyway, so she has a surgery. I talked to her, and I said, I said how, was that really, like, how painful was that? Because you know, I don't want to experience it, but I'm kind of interested. I was like, hey, was that really painful? Did that hurt a lot? She said, oh, yeah, it was terrible. I said, did it, and then I was like, did it hurt worse than having a kid? And she said, no, it didn't. She said, it didn't hurt. She goes, but you know, when you have a kid, it's different. She goes, because then, you know, you see the kid, and, and then you kind of forget about it. Now, I, I thought, that is, that is a load of bull. But here's what I've learned. You know, she never, she never stuck another knife through her hand again, but she did have another kid. So I think she's telling the truth. All right, so that's, you know, so I, here's, sometimes the message that John gives or that the Bible gives, it is tough. And, and confessing, it can bring pain. But when you confess, here's what you're doing. You are, instead of hiding your sin, you're admitting your sin and being honest with God. And when you do that, it is then that God can take that sin and he will throw it as far as the east is from the west. And he will bring forgiveness. And he will bring joy. See, John wanted people to be ready for the Messiah because he was coming and he was going to change their lives. He said, don't miss out on seeing who he is and what he's done for you. Now, Christmas for us, it is two days away. Two days. Here's the question. Are you ready? You know, I'm not talking about for family to come in. Are you ready to reflect on Jesus? Are you ready to consider why he came? If you want to get ready, plan ahead, clean house, confess your sin, and then be of good cheer. Because when you do those things, then God will take your sin and he will clean your life. But for you to be ready to celebrate Christmas, you have to be ready for it. Now, Jesus Christ has to be in charge of your life. And to do that requires some, some tough steps, but it's worth it. It is worth it because you will experience forgiveness. You will experience freedom. And you will not carry the burden of your sin around anymore. Because Jesus, when he came, he came for a reason. He came to take your sin and to nail it to the cross with him, that he might have victory over it, that you might have victory over it. Heavenly Father, we, we come to you this morning and we are grateful, we are grateful for Christmas. Jesus, we are grateful 
what it means. It was you, it was God entering into our world in flesh, laying aside all of his privileges of being in heaven in order to come for people. Lord, I pray that as we celebrate Christmas in two days, as we sit around with families and as we open gifts, God, I pray that that we will take time to acknowledge the reason why we are celebrating is because God broke into our world in order to reconcile us to himself. Lord, I pray today that there would be people who would surrender their lives to you, who would confess their sin to you and say, oh God, forgive me. Jesus, save me. And I pray these things in Christ's name.